Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Every Wednesday, we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Michael Delgado. I am the standards and research lead here at Good Dog, and we are continuing with Dental Health Month. Today, I'm really excited to talk to Dr. Jan Bellows. He is a board-certified veterinary dentist practicing in Florida. Did you know that there are fewer than 200 board-certified veterinary dentists in the United States? That alone makes Dr. Bellows a rare gem. Just to give you a little info on his background, he received his veterinary degree from Auburn University, then completed his medicine and surgery internship at the Animal Medical Center in New York City. I'm sure he's done many amazing things between then and now, but let's focus on what he's doing now. He's the current president of the Foundation for Veterinary Dentistry, and he's also the medical director at All Pets Dental in Western Florida. He's authored five textbooks on veterinary dentistry, and in his spare time, he also loves to run marathons. He speaks frequently on the topic of dental care, fear-free medicine, and periodontal disease. You may have seen, read, or heard him on places like Steve Dale's Pet World, Clinician's Brief, DVM 360, or many other places. And he also sits on the advisory board for Fear Free Pets, who you've heard us present on. We've had Marty Becker on, we've had Dr. Marks on. So yeah, we like to promote the Fear Free. And today we're going to talk to Dr. Bellows about periodontal disease specifically and some other dental problems facing some dogs, including dog breeds and some of the trends that he's seen. So Dr. Bellows, welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor. Excellent. So let's start with just talking about periodontal disease. What is it and how does it manifest in our dogs? What should people be looking for? Oh, the periodontum is the attachment between the tooth and the jaws. And it stays healthy as long as it doesn't get inflamed and as long as bad bacteria don't invade. And bacteria start to invade almost daily unless you brush it away or unless you figure out another way to control plaque. And plaque builds up every single day in our mouths and in our dog and cat's mouths. And unless it's removed either chemically or mechanically, it changes from good bacteria to bad bacteria. And the more plaque that accumulates, the more calculus or tartar which is rough, starts to cake onto the tooth like barnacles on a boat, and that attracts more plaque. So it's really a vicious cycle. And because our pets don't brush their own teeth, it really creates a major problem to the point that many of, especially the smaller pets, by the time they're three, four, five years old, the teeth are so bad that they're affected internally, and they're also unfortunately affected to the point that they have to have teeth removed. I think some of us have been there personally, but also with our pets. So what are some early signs of periodontal disease? Now, we talked to Dr. Marks last week about preventative care and brushing, but what should people really be looking out for to recognize that there's more than maybe just a little plaque built up, but now this is a problem? What would their dogs be doing or looking like? Well, the big problem is odor. Okay. Doggy breath. Doggy breath. See, see, that's it. Most people say, well, it's a dog. It should have doggy breath, but it isn't. Mm, I tell people their pets should smell like roses. And if they don't smell like roses, the mouth 
then there's something wrong and they need to see the veterinarian. Because what happens is as the plaque decreases the connection between the tooth and the bone, a pocket forms. And the pocket fills with food that the dog eats every day. And the food just sits there. And if it sits there, it becomes putrefied. You can imagine if you put your breakfast that you had this morning in your pocket and you didn't remove (laughs) it for six months, your leg would dry off. Yeah, that would not smell good. Okay, so doggy breath is not like, you know, maybe I shouldn't use that term because it kind of normalizes bad breath in dogs when it's actually a warning sign. So when your dog gives you a kiss in the morning, it should be, like you said, fresh. Yep. Okay. So why should breeders, you know, we work specifically with good breeders and we wanted to let them know why they specifically should be concerned about periodontal disease. Mm -hmm. Well, periodontal disease can affect the heart, especially the kidneys and cats and dogs, and the liver. So it's something that you want to stay after for the pet's health, but you also want to stay after because it's painful. When animals eat on teeth that are mobile, that can't be pleasurable. Periodontal disease really needs to be addressed. We highly recommend that clients see their veterinarian at least twice a year for a dental exam and a professional cleaning under general anesthesia at least once a year. Okay. And are some breeds of dogs more at risk? You know, is this something that people with a particular breed or size of dog should be more in tune? Okay. Absolutely. The smaller the dog, the more prone they are to periodontal disease. Mm. That's because, number one, the teeth are closer together. Number two, the animal lives longer. So there's more time for periodontal disease to grow. And third is because a lot of times people feed them soft food. Okay. So those are all things that increase the risk in those smaller breeds more than large breeds. Not that you shouldn't be concerned about your large dog's teeth. Right. And I wanted to also talk to you about something we haven't talked about this month because we've focused a lot on brushing and preventive care. But can we talk a little bit about malocclusions and non-functional bites, like what those are and how you treat them? So important, so important. Sometimes teeth just don't show up in the right place. And they show up, there's either a dental malocclusion, where there's a tooth that is knocking the other tooth abnormally, or other times there's an overbite or an underbite where the lower tooth actually makes a hole in the upper palate. So it's something right from puppyhood that somebody needs to pay attention to. Okay. Do dogs need braces? Some dogs do need braces, but not to give them a pretty smile. They need braces because the teeth need to be functional. The mouth needs to be functional. We certainly wouldn't use braces for show dogs because you can't change the genes with braces. But some dogs need braces to move teeth in the right place as compared to remove the teeth. Okay. Especially if an animal is nine months, a year old. You don't really want to take out a perfectly good tooth that's showed up in the wrong location. If you can move it to a right location, it's better for the dog. Okay. Do dogs tolerate braces pretty well? Like, is it, I mean, oh, cool. Okay. And as compared to people, which take two or three years and animals, it takes three to six months. Oh, wow. Okay. It sounds so complicated. I mean, I think we think about like what humans have to go through with braces and the tightening and the years Uh of, okay. But for dogs, not as big a deal. Right. Okay. And like you said, the non-functional bites not only can interfere with 
normal behaviors like eating, but also could actually injure other parts of their mouth if the tooth isn't fitting right. So that makes a lot of sense. It'd be painful. And this yeah. is very common, especially in animals that have pushed-in faces. Okay. You know, your yeah. Persian cats, any of the bulldogs, the French bulldogs, your Boston Terriers, mm-hmm. will, some Pekingese, because there's 42 teeth in the dog's mouth, 30 in the cat's, and there's just not enough room for all of them. Okay. So oftentimes they're impacted because they couldn't get up. And unfortunately, that can cause very serious cysts in the jaw that need surgery. So it's something that if you especially have a dog with a pushed in face, it's also called a short muzzle, or it's also called a brachiocephalic breed, you really should take it to the veterinarian as soon as you get it as a puppy to get a relationship and to have the veterinarian check the teeth every single time they come in. Okay. And so your general practice veterinarian is going to know to look for these issues. And then if the dog did have any issues, would they refer out to someone like you, a veterinary dental specialist? They certainly can. And for folks to find veterinary dental specialists, they can go avdc.org to find a dental specialist in their area. That's American Veterinary Dental College.org, avdc.org. Great. Or many veterinarians can take care of them themselves. Okay. Dentistry is taught in some of the veterinary schools in the country and ask the veterinarian how comfortable they are with dentistry. Okay, great. Now, are other dental conditions heritable, like tendencies to develop like excessive plaque or other issues like around the gum? Or is it really more about the conformation of the dog and the structure of their mouth? It's really more about the conformation and the client's ability to either give them a plaque-controlled diet or plaque-controlled treats or to daily wipe the teeth every day. In our practice, and for my own little pointer, we wipe the teeth. We don't brush them. Brushing teeth, it makes great sense, but virtually nobody does it. Right. So what we do for our own dog is we wipe the teeth every day and then give them a treat that is accepted by the VOHC, the Veterinary Oral Health Council. And that's another website that people should look at, veterinaryoralhealthcouncil.org, VOHC.org. Great. Yes. I think we've mentioned that in every episode of the podcast this month, talking about dental health because we love it. Now, I did want to ask you a couple of questions about your work and your path as a veterinary dentist. And one that I'm always curious about is like, what's the most interesting species whose mouth you've gotten to examine or work on? Well, I've had the pleasure to work on a number of exotics and probably the most amazing one was working on a gorilla at Disney. Wow. Okay. It was just incredible. It was just mind-boggling how big this guy was. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little bit about, I think you hinted at the fact that you have dogs or a dog. Yeah, well, we've had three cats and we've had five dogs at one time. Okay. But our dog right now is Riley. She's a pointer and I run with her every day and we wipe her teeth every day and she has great teeth. She's eight years old and we want her to live to 80. We just very attached to her. Yeah. But you get attached to your clients' pets too, because clients are so appreciative once mm-hmm. their breath turns normal. Mm-hmm. It just is fabulous. No, that's great. 
So I think you've provided us with a lot of helpful information. You told us about your own dental care regimen with Riley, which I think is great. You know, it's like, I think people often get overwhelmed with the thought, like I have to brush my dog's teeth every day. I mean, sometimes it's hard for people to brush their own teeth as many times as the dentists tell us. So the wipes, you know, it's just good to hear your perspective. Like the wipes also work. Like it doesn't have to be this really intensive thing. There are other products that can help. And the wipe, it's not so important what's in the wipe. Okay. It's the friction oh, okay. to take away the plaque. Yeah. So just go to the store or go to your veterinarian and get any wipe that you can. But it has to be done every day. Sure. When people go to groomers once a week, once every other week, once a month, and they say, oh, the groomer brushing my dog's teeth once a month. You can't imagine brushing your own teeth just once a month, what would happen. <laughs> yeah, and it's the bad. same in dog and in cats. We recommend using a Q-tip dipped in tuna water. Mm and apply to where the tooth hits the gum line, just on the outside surface, mostly on the upper teeth, but it has to be done daily. Tuna water doesn't do anything medically, but cats seem to like it. Sure. And try to use the long Q-tips that you can get from your veterinarian or you can get on the internet, the one with the very hard tufts at the bottom. The ones that we use in our own ears tend to be a little bit too soft. Which we're not supposed to put in our ears. (laughs) (laughs) Another major go-home point that I want your listeners to know is do not give dogs antlers. Oh, okay. So many people feed their dogs antlers because they love to chew on them and they feel it cleans the teeth, but it breaks their teeth. Oh, okay. They like it so much that they crunch down and breaks the teeth, expose the nerve, and then we have to do a root canal on it. Oh, that's a really interesting point because that's something probably a general practice dentist does not do. Is that like something you have to see a veterinary dentist for for a root canal? Oh yeah, root canal is definitely specialized, but we do them every day. Okay. It's something that dogs fracture their teeth very commonly. And just real quick, you know, we're going to wrap up soon, but so a fractured tooth, that is kind of a different thing. Like what's the presentation? Would people actually, because you could have a fractured tooth that you wouldn't know necessarily versus like the tooth breaks, right? Exactly. So- The most common tooth to break is one of the canines, one of the big fang teeth. Mm. The second most common, which people just don't know if the tooth is even there, is the upper fourth premolar, which is a tooth that is supposed to be pointy, but because unfortunately people don't know any better and they give them antlers or dog bones or nylon shoes that don't bend, that tip fractures off and they can see a dot in the middle. The dot in the middle is the nerve. If it's red, it's an acute fracture. If it's black, it's one that's been there for a while. But the problem with ones that have been there for a while, the nerve is dead, but there's an opening to the bloodstream from the oral cavity. Okay. So that tooth either needs to come out or do a root canal to save it. Okay. When you meet people's dogs, do you always look at their teeth? Always. Like, do you just can't resist like too. checking out the mouth? Like you're like, oh, yeah. hmm, how are you taking care of your pet teeth? Especially with cats. Half of the adult cats have tooth resorptions. Hmm. So anytime that my wife and I go on vacation and I hate shopping, but she likes it. So I sit outside the store and if a cat comes by, I'll always examine the mouth. <laughs> and the person with me, I say, I bet you this cat has a tooth resorption. They usually do. And they're painful. Yeah. If you have a cat that's older than a year, take it to the veterinarian and have them check out to see if it has a tooth resorption. And he's looking at my cats because my cat's appearing on, on Zoom right now. <laughs> exactly. But basically, even when you're on vacation, you can't help but like think about like, does that dog have some dental problems? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> of the dogs will have an immediate problem. 
Wow. That needs to be treated. Okay. So so important that people link up with their veterinarian. Yeah. And I think it makes sense. Like you said, if we didn't brush our teeth every day, it would be yep. even worse when we go to the dentist twice a year than it already is. So yeah, I have a lot of dental trauma myself. So <laughs> okay. I want to thank you so much for your time and end on a fun note, which is just if you could be any dog breed, what would you choose? Uh, I would definitely choose a German short air pointer. Okay. They're active, they're nutty. They have a great sense of humor and they are great listeners. Okay. Well, based on my time with you today, I'd say you fit all of those <laughs> check boxes. So um, thank you, Dr. Bellows, for being here with us on the Good News Pod today. And he gave everybody some great resources. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Until next time. Mm-hmm.